Good afternoon, and welcome to the Hard Luck Show. I'm your host, certified, qualified Steve Lucky Luciano. This beautiful afternoon, I got my co-host on the right, Chumaham Bowen, American Indian, elegant barbarian, Southern Californian, coming to hit you in the eardrums again. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Live and direct. Fresh in the West Side, right? That's, That's right. right. I mean, we're looking Down right out. That West Side Sun's hitting us right now. Beach. See the beach from here. Stones throw away, baby. Yep. We are coming live and direct from the Four Corners. Big shout out to the Four Corners. And uh, what's up, Chumon? Here we are having a, a lovely afternoon here in Santa Monica. I fucking love it. Big shout out to uh, PYFC in Santa Monica. And. Uh, we're here recording today. We're here at the Hard Luck Studios. Yes. Right? Full effect. Hard Luck Studios. We got our staff here. Sound man, Sean's got to take care of his little kid, so he's, he's not here, but he set us all up, so we're ready to roll. And here's the thing, man. You know, when I look out that window, now you know why there's so much fucking traffic in L.A. Because mm. this is the place to live. Mm-hmm. Mm. Exactly. Am I wrong? Southern California, exactly. bro. Am I wrong? What? Yeah. Nope. yeah. This is it. Yeah. This is it. So wait a now, second. Me, who I do we got? You, I tell you, bro. All right. Tell us who we got. I've got a dear friend of mine that's from the west side. He's out of the Venice area. And uh, this gentleman I've known quite a while. We were... Uh, How far back do you guys go? We go back probably about 20, maybe over 20 years now. Damn. Um, we, we did uh, California corrections tour together we were away at did college you guys together. went on vacation yes we were yes my neighbor. I did a little cruise yeah my neighbor for a little bit yeah uh, we're upstate together uh i want to welcome listen i want to welcome a gentleman who's um comes from a, a large family um off the west side uh is just uh, just a very uh, just a, a an awesome buddy of mine man and uh I really have a lot of respect for him, man, and uh, grew up here and is a true, true West Sider from this area. Um, let's welcome on my buddy, Tony Massey. All right. Welcome, Tony. Tony Massey. Yeah. Classy yeah. Massey. That's Classy what they call Massey. him. And out hey. here on the West Side, when you say Massey, people know. Everybody knows this guy's family. You know what, man? Him. Massey, that sounds like a good name for a clothing brand. Massey. Man, might be. Yeah, might be. Hey, Tony, pull the microphone up on your mouth a little mm -hmm. bit more. That rule we can get you. All right, you got me now? Yeah. All he's right. the strong yeah. silent type. He's the strong Tony, how you doing, buddy? Chilling on the west side by the beach. Hello. Yeah, <laughs> you are. <laughs> <laughs> woo, woo. That's a long way from the uh, upstate vacation you guys are on. Yes, yeah. it's been a long way. And, you know, um, I I hadn't seen Tony after we'd gotten out. We'd been out about maybe about... 10 years both of us yeah. and uh tony is uh first off tony's heavily involved in venetian car club it's a car club out of venice um out of the west side and uh, tony really heads that car club we are at a car show in santa monica 
Um, a few years back, about four or five years ago, it was the first annual Santa Monica Car Show. And uh, we got to see each other there and reconnect. And, uh, man, this dude's doing great. Um, he's just m moving forward in life, man. And uh, Super involved in the Venetian Car Club. Yep. So, it, like, Tony, the Venetian Car Club, that's a club that's, like, it's got a lot of classic cars, or what is that? Yeah, we try to keep the cars 1970 below, and uh, the only thing is, grew up on the west side, you're local, and uh, you can be in the car club, you know what I mean? If yeah. everybody gets along with you, you're in. What kind of car you got? I got a 58 Chevy Cameo, and I got a 1957 Chevy Bel Air Wagon four-door. Nice. And, bro, when I tell you... When you see this guy's truck, it's life-changing. I'm talking about legit. This guy doesn't do anything halfway, bro. Man, how you get, how do you, like, because there's a lot of people. So a lot of times, like, usually the people that I know that, that can get into a car club and actually have real cars, you know, not some Bondo fucking bullshit, but, like, real cars. Like, a lot of times they're either connected to a family member who's got a shop and they got some whatever, or, or... They're a rich celebrity who yeah. just they can just fucking buy their way in. Yeah. How's a guy like you put it all together, man? Well, what happened was my dad back in uh, 69, he used to have a shop here in Santa Monica on uh, Main and Marine. Looking yeah. at P.O.P. Pier back in 64, I think he had his shop there. Mm -hmm. And P.O.P. was straight in front of us. Mm -hmm. And uh, a guy was going through a divorce. His wife was trying to take his cameo from him <laughs> and he told my dad she ain't getting the cameo i'd rather have you have it and uh my dad bought it for like 500 which was i don't know fifty thousand back then <laughs> <laughs> my dad bought it had it and uh it was sitting in the garage for like 10 15 years when i got out and <clears throat> i just started working on it little by little bringing it back to life did you learn a lot about uh car maintenance and building cars and all that stuff from your dad yeah my dad had a shop forever and had me working over there since I was like seven. <laughs> Just right. sweeping around, cleaning tools or whatever, sometimes help. Sometimes you need that one hand, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I oh, have, for sure. I had my grandson with me, and he did it. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I'm here, and I'm like, if I only had one hand more just to push <laughs> this bolt. And then my grandson's right there. He's seven right now, but a year ago. And he's like, you need help, Grandpa? Mm -hmm. I'm like, yes, I do. Get on my chest. Push that bolt <laughs> when I tell you. That's awesome. <laughs> Hey man, a long a family heritage. Yeah. Hey, you do because sometimes you're under the thing, or you need somebody to get the wrench. You're like, "Fuck, exactly. hey, get in here and get the wrench." And when they're seven, they're still happy to do it. There's yeah. an age where you hit where you're like, "Fuck <laughs> you, yeah. I ain't doing yeah. that shit." Absolutely, yeah. He's at that age right now where he's helpful, and right. I'm like, "Oh, it's not gonna last long." <laughs> right. What can I do to help, Grandpa? Get over here. I remember um, <clears throat> when I met, well. My ex-wife grew up in um, grew up in Venice, and obviously I grew up in Santa Monica. And um, she knew Tony's younger brother, um, Ricky, Ricky Massey. And so, and I'd met Ricky Massey a few times. He's my ex-wife's age, and I met him a few times. And and the name stuck, and I knew that it was a a large family from Venice. Right. Fast forward years later, uh, I'm upstate. And uh, we're at um, I don't know, Corcoran or somewhere we're upstate. And I'm up there. And and as I said, um, you know, when you when you're up in state prison and you hit yards, you're you're going to get turned. You're going to find out where your your people are from your area. Right. You know? And 
So I'm, I'm showing up and, and I'm from Santa Monica and I hit the yard and right away they're like, hey, hey, you got a camarada from Venice. Uh, Tony Massey, you know Tony Massey? I'm like, oh man, I know that name. I don't know him. And I don't think, I think you were either working or you were somewhere. You weren't home yet. You weren't back on the yard. You were yeah. doing something. So, not like, and there weren't a lot of dudes from the west side up there. No. You know, there was uh, another fool from Corporate City. And we kicked in. And so, um, I'm waiting and I'm doing some things. And then they call me out. Hey, Tony Massey, right here. I come out. And like, right away, we hit it off. We start talking. He was like, so, 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 so. Yeah. And um, I, yeah, I know your brother and such and such. And we're just, next thing you know, we're just shooting back for his names. I'm asking him about his homeboys. He's asking about my homeboys. Hey, you know, so-and-so. And we're talking about food restaurants. <laughs> and you know that spot. And it's like, and, and let me tell you, when you're, when, you're, when, you're, when you're up north, man, and you're far away from home. Yeah. And you're not engaging with a lot of people that know your area. neighborhood and your area. You... You desire, bro, to talk about that stuff. That's it's like visiting with sit, family. You gotta sit there and listen to everyone else's bullshit. Talk hey. about their bullshit. And ain't nobody around to help you fucking talk about yours. Yeah, absolutely, bro. And you get on these conversations, yeah. and then they're like calling yard recall, and you don't even want to go in. You want to yeah. just stay talking about. Oh, uh, and you're like, you're like happy that you've got somebody who knows what you know. You know right. where you come from, where you come from. Yeah. And, and man, dude, we we it just set off a a, a, a friendship, man. And the friendships that you make you know and i do relate it back to like um a, a rite of passage or whatever but when you when you make that bond in prison it's very similar to like going away to war and making the that army, bond as a soldier yeah, being like, on the front line yeah dude exactly. and it's 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 a special relationship because they know because you know? because i mean the 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 flip side of what you were saying is is like when you're up there upstate and there's like not a lot of people from the west side da, 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 da. But when you go back to the West Side, there might not have been a lot of people that say that had the same experience that you and Tony had exactly. upstate. So you guys share right. that when you get back home. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And and it might not be. Maybe um, you got to remember we come back home, and and it's not you know upstate. It's all good. We're from the same area. It's a truth. Yeah. You come back here, it may not be the most popular. What you doing talking to that dude yeah. from over there? But, but you have this bond, and you're yeah. like, man, fuck that, you know? Yeah. I, I, this, this is my boy, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm starting to understand this a lot better, because I think you talked about it before. You were like, look, sometimes when you go into the joint, you got to set aside all that fucking fighting and shit that you were doing out there, because it's a whole different deal going on inside. Well, you have Survival. to. It's, yep. it's, it's not a matter of if or what. You are going to roll with your area. That's so the thing is, is, I was just thinking about what you were saying. You're like, look, because... There might not be. There might be a lot of guys from other areas, but there ain't a lot of guys from the west side. And so, if there's only two or three dudes from the west side, chances are they're not from the same exact little neighborhood. Right. No, especially not these days. But you got to remember, there's places where they're the west side's deep. Where you would know, that it's be? not always. Where would that be? Uh, there's plenty of there's plenty of joints where where it's deep, but in in this this term that yeah. I was on and yeah. at this spot. I hit a yard and we were just light right there, you yeah. know. There were yeah. just uh, there were like three of us on the yard. But uh. I say that to say that right away we hit it off on a consistent. Uh, every time I come out to the yard, wherever I was at, man, I was looking for Tony. Right, like me and him were like the whole time I was on that yard with him, bro. It was all about that was the dude I was talking with every day. That was who I was rolling with or whatever was, so were you did you was 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 lucky already on the yard when you showed up or were you no, got no i was there before he was there that. before me all I right showed up. Mm -hmm. all right all right so no, how, but it's, it's funny because like the next day i'll be like lucky 
Remember tops when we used to go eat at tops and the pastrami <laughs> sandwiches? You know, you just remember stuff and you're like, oh, I got to ask him about that tomorrow. Yeah. What about yeah. Holmes? Yeah. Yeah. Or, or where's so and so at now? Or yeah. Who's so, yeah. Well, I just remembered his name. That yeah, guy yeah, was telling yeah, you. Yeah, 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 it's just every day you, you think of stuff at night. What can we talk about tomorrow? I remember this guy or yep. this place. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it, it's funny, man. It, these bonds are. Yeah. And so, you know, as. As some of the people on the show know, um, I am uh, producing, uh, along with my partner Chuman, we are the acting producers for a documentary, a film called Westlos. Right. And uh, real briefly, this, this documentary is about the Four Corners, about West L.A. And in this... Well, maybe you ought to tell because I, I'm surprised at how many people don't even know what they're like four corners. Are you talking about the states? Yeah. Nah, I mean, like, no, four no. We ain't anymore. talking about the state park <laughs> in Utah, New Mexico. Bullshit. Yeah, exactly. we are talking about the four corners of West Los Angeles, the real West L.A. And that's Venice, Santa Monica, West L.A., and Culver City. And um, in this, it's it's weaved through a culture that's that we're 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 slowly losing, and we're trying to hold on to. And that culture is it's weaved through low riding. It's one of the last pieces of our culture that we have left. And in this documentary, we're trying to do something that hasn't been done. And that's we're trying to gather four different neighborhoods, and four different that parts usually of the city are together at odds that have been at exactly. odds for a long time and yeah, still are at odds. Because dude, Steve tells a story about I don't remember where it was, but he shows up to do some filming and he's like, "Hey, there's some dudes that shot at me and I shot at them," and, <laughs> yeah. and then you guys yeah. sit down and you're like, "Hey, it's all cool or whatever." This common thread of this film and telling this story has been able to bring a good amount of us together. Not everybody. But some. And so as we start developing this film, you know, the type of people that we're trying to look to bring in are people that are truly dudes that are really from here. You know, and 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 and, and, and you know what? Tony Massey's name came up from the gate from me, Charlie um, site like dude, like me because they're they're very family. You got to remember this is a deep entrenched family yeah. in Venice. Yeah. You, if you're from Santa Monica, Culver City, or Venice or West LA, you know of this family from Venice, bro. They're deep. And you and the if Massey you know, family. Yes, bro. And mm -hmm. if you know about low riding, anything about low riding, Tony's name's gonna come up pretty quick. And this isn't just in the Chicano culture. Yeah. I've talked to some brothers that low ride that know Tony. I've talked to white boys that know I mean Everybody knows his family. It's one of the biggest families on the West Side. Massey. And so, yes, Massey. And right away, it was like, everybody kind of said at the same time, we need to interview Tony Massey. If we're going to get information about the history of the West Side, not just Venice, the West Side, the low-riding culture, the neighborhood culture, just what's gone on here over the last 30, 40 years, um, we're going to have to talk to real people from here. And, and Tony's one of those guys. You man. know what's crazy when I hear you guys talk about that? So, like, let's say this first, all right, Tony. So the Four Corners, what we're saying, the Four Corners are what cities? What What's the Four Corners? Venice, Culver City, Santa Monica, West L.A., Soltero. Mm -hmm. Right. So those four cities, at some point, they all touch each other. Yes, mm -hmm. they do. Yes. All right. In different ways, right? <laughs> yeah, we all touch yeah, each yeah, other yeah, in right, different right, ways, right. and we all know. I mean, it's not a, uh, it's not me putting anything out there. There's four primary neighborhoods, right? Each one of these parts of the city has a neighborhood, and those neighborhoods have been at odds 
for a very long time with Forever. each other, man. How many how many decades have they been in us? A couple of them. It's been since the the late thirties, early forties, and then all of them at least for the last thirty thirty five. What you I, tell was, me, tell I was well from my understanding. Yeah. I thought it was when they built the ten freeway. When did they build that? The late forties, early fifties. Right. That's what split everybody. That's what because prior to that we were all one. That? It was. Uh, I believe it was one neighborhood, Chiva or something. I've heard from older people, and they said that was just like it was. You know, it was spread out. It wasn't like it is now, crowded. So it was spread out with ranches, houses, and agriculture, one, house, one block. You know, mm-hmm. so it was all like one neighborhood, Chiva, and they had another name for it also. But it was all spread out. Everybody was from one neighborhood. Mm-hmm. But when they put the freeway, it split, it separated, and everything else, and then it just broke into like four neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's almost. Everybody is somehow related to somebody exactly. in another neighborhood. And it's exactly. like, how can we be at war if that could be your cousin, your aunt's kid, you know, something. You're related somehow, some way to these people, you know. And and it, and it has said, been, bro. Chumon, I'm telling you, it's been cousins yeah. killing other cousins on many occasions, bro. It's so intertwined. Um, it's um, incestual. Incest is that the right word? <laughs> Almost. Yeah, in, in, ancestral. Yeah, I mean like. Dude, so the interstate, okay? So the interstate. Listen, this I ten that you said was like the official, like the original, like, like divide the fucking meat cutter that came down. Yes. Okay, this thing it goes from Santa Monica all the way to Jacksonville, Florida. Mm-hmm. The ten. All right, and it says that it was. Uh, Finished in 1964. Whoa. Okay. Mm. Okay. That doesn't necessarily mean that's when they started, but that means that's when they finished. But when they started to build it, what it was was that's where all the poor people lived. Right. You know what I mean, mm-hmm. people with chickens and pigs and goats. Everybody right, right, lived right. there. And there was to toma- there was a lot of agriculture. People yeah. were picking. I know older older homie and families. Here, they were picking tomatoes. Yeah, I was just going to say, I heard that, that story, the tomato gang. The or tomato something. gang, yeah. They had a tomato gang out there. <laughs> but when they came, you know, these people didn't have, like, no rights. So they just came up and threw them out. Like, when they did Dodger Stadium, exact same thing. Exactly. They just came, get out of exactly. here, go. And that's what sp- split it all up. So now they're moving to Venice, Culver City, Santa Monica, because the freeway's there. They can't live on their land anymore. It's so crazy because... Like, so I'm hearing you guys tell these stories and in, cer- in other areas in which I work or have friends that know about Santa Monica, they live there, they can't wait to live there. They might be college students, they might, they might be executives at a production coming on. They have, they're not existing on a level that they understand that there's this other world that's going on in this area and all of this action. Like, if you talk to those guys... Yeah, talk to some of the executives at Google. They don't know about Venice. No, no, no. And to them, it's like, oh, this is just the beach city, and I I got a nice place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Erewhon's right there, and I'm going to have a fucking thing, and maybe we'll cruise up to Malibu. They have no idea that there's a Massey, there's the Chacons, there's the blah, 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 and there's all there, and they're all touching, and and, and it all came out of this agricultural, uh, like, uh, history or heritage or whatever it was mm-hmm. before that. And then I'll remind everybody that before even those guys, it was the American Indians. Okay? That's right. Let's not fucking That's right. yeah. not forget that shit. Right. I keep my mouth shut most of the time, but every once in a while I'm like, hey, listen, I no, understand you true. got deep roots, but American Indians... Uh, Eat a little bit deeper. Yeah. <laughs> right. So anyway, all right. So, uh, okay, so these, these, these... Okay, and so they have... 
what is it that most people, Tony, don't really understand about Venice? Because like you're seeing a Venice now. If I, if I yes. don't, uh, what are you seeing now? Okay, you see now you go to Venice and people will say, you know, I sound racist or prejudiced. My dad is white. So when I talk about white people, I'm half white. Dude, just okay? fucking lay it out, but man. You see them all walking their little poodles, their little chows. Right. That never would have happened back in the day. Back in the day, when I recall Venice in the 60s, early 60s, it was the ghetto by the sea. You didn't mm -hmm. want to live in the canals because it was so nasty with mosquitoes and trash mm -hmm. and garbage. Nobody lived there. My mom said we lived there in 63 or something next to the canal. She wouldn't even hang her clothes on the clothesline <laughs> because they would stink after they were dried. That is yeah, fucking phenomenal because now it's like that's the place. In fact, you know what, guys? My first wife, her dad was a doctor from Canada, and they were rich. I mean, if she listens to this, she'll be embarrassed I said that, but it's true. They were rich. They came down to visit. The first thing they did was rented, like, for mucho dinero, dude, a big fucking house over on the Venice Canals. And it was yeah. like, that was the nice thing. Then we canoed all around. <laughs> and, you know, we did all this romantic shit. But what you're saying is back in the 60s, yeah. it was like, fuck that. It was smelly. Nasty. Nobody lived there. It was the ghetto by the sea. And then when we lived in one, we, you know, back then, you know, we were struggling. We had a big family. We had seven kids in the family. So we were moving from house to house and back then you could rent almost any house there was so many houses to rent so we mm -hmm. changed location like 10 times in venice right. we lived in santa monica for a minute over there by a ford dealer we lived right there on stewart okay. so right. but then we got to venice we were just bouncing around here we lived on cabrillo for a year and a half and i mean we're two blocks from the beach two blocks and uh, that's prime prime real estate yes now. sir and uh Every family on the street, if you didn't have five kids in your family, you guys weren't shit. Everybody, <laughs> every family, I'm not just talking Mexican, there was white families, one with nine girls. Right. You know what I mean? Everybody had kids. Right. They and weren't as expensive back then as they are now. And we ate a lot of beans and rice. <laughs> hey, <dude. laughs> I'll tell you what, my wife, now my wife, she's from she's a Guatemalan and, and her family's Guatemalan. I mean, that beans, <laughs> fucking they, that beans, that beans, they fucking live just fine on beans. That's Breakfast, right. lunch, and dinner. I've no done it problem. Many years. No problem. Yeah. But we lived there, and back then it was send the kids out early morning. We're up at seven o'clock. Right. And parents are like, go play. Get and the hell out of here. Everybody's yep. on the streets. You know, what yeah. I mean? all the kids. Some parents are out there watching, and the yeah. parents had permission. My mom would come up and say. You see my kids do anything, beat their ass. Yeah, that happened to <laughs> me. Yep, yep, that happened yep, to me. Yep, yep. Yeah. But and someone else fucking whacked my ass, and I told my dad, and he was like, what did you do? Exactly. <laughs> and then you got beat again. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. so, I mean, that's how it was back then, and it was a community. You know what right. I mean? Right. There right. was no fences. You could run yard to yard, go in other people's houses, and it wasn't like, no, oh, are you hungry? Come on in and eat. We're just mm -hmm. making dinner. Right. Mm -hmm. That's how it was. It was a community. Right. Now... They got bamboo 20 feet high all around their house. Right. You, know, you can't even see the house. I don't even know what the houses look like mm -hmm. anymore. Right. You know what I mean, they don't talk to you. Right. They tell you your music is too loud or your car is too loud. And even now, today, I'll go to my mom's house and she lives in Venice by Venice and Lincoln. And we'll be sitting in the garage having a few beers, a few friends just hanging out. Just right. like we're doing right now. Right. People walk by with their poodles and they're tapping their kids and tapping their wives. 
what the hell are those beaners over there doing? Look at their <laughs> drinking beer. All right, so are you still mm. feeling like some racism from some of these folks? Like you're yeah, feeling that? Yes. Mm-hmm. When they come by and they're tapping their kids and their wives and they're like, look mm-hmm. at them. What are they doing? And it's that like, shit pisses me off, man. We've been living in this house 50 years. You just like got here a been year ago. Here. Yeah. A year ago you got here and now yeah. you're looking at us like we're the weirdos. Like we don't belong here. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's just, it's strange. It's a whole different same now. thing in Santa Monica, bro. Yeah. The exact same thing. What happened to Abbott <clears throat> Kinney, bro? Went from West Washington to Abbott Kinney. <laughs> <laughs> like, and it used to be kind of like a funky street where there was some was cool nasty. shit. Now, was, yeah. now it's like nothing Bougie. but boutique bullshit. It's one of the most expensive streets in the per capita, like, yeah. In, in 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 America. It's crazy to me because I even, I haven't been here for, I've been here since 2000. Mm-hmm. And even I can kind of remember when it was like kind of like a hippie street. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? You go there and there was some fucking crystal shit, maybe a little bit of beeswax nipple rub, and then yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. But it wasn't Funk, it was a few funky stores. Right. A couple of you didn't know how they stayed open from the garbage <laughs> they were selling. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Not no more. No. Sanford and Son stores. Right. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Busted up cars in the front. Yes. Like, yeah. 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 You pick and buy and shit like that. Pick apart. Yeah. But no. No, I heard it's more expensive than Rodeo. I might be misinformed. Exactly. No, that's no, what no, I heard no, too. Dude. That's what it I heard. Is. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the rents. Yeah. Commercial rents. And, and Did you walk yeah. down it and you can tell? And then you kind of wonder, like, who the fuck is buying all this stupid shit? You'd be surprised. You Man, just I see them. I drive down Rose every day to go to Gold's. And I live over by Walgoven Rose, so I come down Rose. <laughs> you got Dodge hipsters. It is gnarly, <laughs> yeah. man. You know, the change. Yeah. It's and they're just opening more and more expensive these I mean it's it's just uh that's becoming like another Abbott Kenny. It know? is, it is. Well they've been talking about changing uh Rose, Lincoln. I don't know how many years they've been talking about Lincoln. They're talking about getting the Fox Theater and making it a Hard Rock or something else, and Aww. then make it a, a for Hard happen. Rock. I bet you that's gonna happen. The yeah. Fox Theater the location. Yep, yeah. the Fox Swap Meet. The Swap Meet. Dude, where you can go in and buy chain by uh, gold by yep. the inch. Yep. yep, yep. I love that place, man. I yeah. Sometimes I walk around in there just to see what kind of weird shit there is uh, to buy. Yeah. But they said they're gonna turn Lincoln. They that's their plan. Hard to make Rock. Another I believe that. I believe that. Who the fuck that, needs yeah. another Hard Rock? I'm sorry, but like mm-hmm. honestly. What's so good about the Hard Rock Cafe? Nothing. Like, what? Do they make a meal that's amazing? It's like, you ever go to the Hard? Do you ever hear anybody? I, you know what? Fuck I've, the Hard Rock Cafe. I've never heard a single person come to me and be like, you know what? The Hard Rock Cafe burger is the best burger. You got to get to the Hard Rock. I've yeah. never yeah, heard either. that. Yeah. What the we fuck? We have no is that? need for no Hard Rock over here. I was thinking about it. What you said, and I was like, I, I can't remember having a meal that I would remember where I could talk about it later on and say, you got to try their pastrami sandwich. Right. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing. no Johnny's pastrami. There's yeah. none yes. of that shit. The habit, yes. nothing. Yeah, it's 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 crazy, man. I mean, yeah, you br- and you brought out, you know, you brought up a, another good thing, Tony, is like, uh, you know, as kids, man, we were playing on the street, man. It was, you know, the thing about like the West Side here, it was a rainbow, man, yeah. of people. You you played on this. There was white, black, everybody, man. Mixed. No, Mixed. you were all the same because exactly. we were all poor. <laughs> right. That's what we had in common. We were all poor. Right. You know what I mean? It's not like today you see these kids with iPhones and iPads and, and, you, and the clothes they got on. You're like, man, you got like $400 worth of clothes on. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're just. Dude, I my dad, 
even if he had 400 bucks, he wouldn't spend 400 bucks on my clothes. It's know. You know what? It's interesting because I was just with some friends just the other day. They have a 10-year-old daughter. She goes to Quarter Lane, right? Yeah. And they're telling me, and so they're like. That's a Catholic school. No, Quarter no. Lane is just a regular public school. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's right it's on Abbey charter. It's not a charter. Nothing. It? Oh, yeah, that's what it's I just normal. But the way that Venice has changed, my buddy's like, you wouldn't believe when I go drop my daughter off, pick her off, nothing but like Maseratis and, yeah. and Range Rovers. And the kids are coming to school with like Gucci sweaters. And, and they go, they're, it's so, it's changed so much. And my kids went to Quarter Lane. And it wasn't like that when they went to Coeur d'Alene. But I've just heard that just the change of Venice. That can and be now- hard. Dude, listen, I when I was a kid, so my dad, he was an attorney for the American Indian tribe, right? And he, he worked, uh, and he was part of a task force that helped put together the whole thing about casinos. Started out with bingo. Right, right. When it first started out, it was pool tab slot uh-huh. machines where you, you, couldn't, you couldn't have an actual arm but you could go in, put 50 cents in the slot, and it would give you a little card. Then you would rip the cards off, and it would have like three cherries or three oranges, and then you would win. And that was the that was how they got around the wow. slot machine. That was wow, how they got that's around. Crazy. Yeah, and then and then eventually it turned into bingo, right? Yeah. And they would do all this different shit, and they had all. And then eventually it turned into casinos and blah 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 blah. Well, when the casino money hit, right? At a certain point, my dad, we moved, and we moved to fucking uh, Arizona, Scottsdale. Whoa. That's is, bougie, too, ain't it's it? It's super bougie. And the school I went to was super bougie. But my dad, even though he had a little bit, he had some he And I'd be like, and I would go to school with these rich kids. Their parents were drunk, didn't give a fuck, because they, whatever, they bought their kids Genera. You know, I don't know if you remember that brand. Mm-hmm. Z Cavaricci jeans. I don't yeah, know if you yeah, remember yeah, that yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. They would buy them all that shit, and <clears throat> they would come to school like that. And then I would show up in regular Kmart shit. Tough skins. <laughs> yeah, just because my dad was like, hey, I ain't playing that, man. Right, I don't right, give right. a shit. It ain't a fashion show, motherfucker. You just go to school. That's just tough, man. That ain't yeah. easy. So if it's your critical. That's lane, what they were saying yeah. to me. They were like, their daughter's just surrounded by, like, just. It's just crazy, bro. But uh, I was comparing it because, you know, 15 years ago, my kids went to Coeur d'Alene and it was nothing like was being described by these people that their daughter's there now. Um, and it's just part of the whole change on, on the West Side and, and how it's changed. I mean, it. I, I want to say that we're now, now, when you say gentrification, now people know what's up, okay? Yeah. But 25 years ago, 20 years ago, when we were talking about our neighborhoods being gentrified, people in Echo Park, people in East LA, they had no idea. They didn't Nothing. care what we were talking about. <laughs> Their communities had not been affected, so they didn't know what we were talking about. Right. Now you're hearing all of them yelling this rah rah. But right. by this point in time, it's we've almost been completely pushed out. Right. Right. And um, I have to say, like, yes, we saw this happening. In, in the area that I live in, Santa Monica, I spent a lot of time in Venice because my ex-wife's from Venice and, and we raised our kids for a while. We lived over there. I want to say Venice, I mean, it was so... Also, Venice is smaller than Santa Monica, okay? So you get to really see it. I mean, the whole Dennis Hopper and like this whole like... 
the art movement it it, it be it seems like what took to, for for 20 years to happen to Santa Monica yeah it took only 10 to happen yeah. to Venice yeah. right i mean it was like from ghost town <laughs> and oakwood to being like yeah. a, a virtual drug supermarket and shootings and like everything going on it was like a snap of fingers and these fucking homes were removed sold and up went two three million dollar homes like the landscape just changed so drastically so like it was just like you can see it i could see it where i lived in santa monica where i grew up but as i drive into venice it was just like fuck man this really just happened over here yep i seen that because i got incarcerated in in uh, 95 and when i got out in 2006 you couldn't when i was incarcerated you never went west of lincoln i live on the east side of lincoln boulevard but you didn't go west because if you walked or rode a bike or even a car you were mexican or white they would get you or black it didn't really matter but it, they were like if you're mexican or white you came here to buy drugs and they would grab you and that was it you were getting the arrested cops. yeah they give you a ticket or anything so it was always i tried to avoid going on that side because i knew i was going to get busted no matter mm -hmm. what i would get busted if i crossed lincoln so when i got out i said well i'm on parole i'm not trying to get busted. i'm not mm -hmm. trying to go back right. so i would tell my friends i was working with do me a favor please just don't go west of lincoln and one time i'm with my friend doing some plumbing and next thing we're on the west of lincoln and i'm like dude what did i go oh shit and he's like what and i go that white guy's walking a poodle. He's going to get mugged right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? I go, shit, there's another one. They're both going to get jumped. <laughs> right. Money taken. No. He goes, no, that's normal. I go, what do you mean that's normal? He goes, yeah, it, it's changed. It ain't that no more. There's not guys selling drugs on the corners. There's not bangers out here. It's just all peop white people walking dogs. I'm like, oh, my God. And you think it's for the better, but it's not a community no more. Right. And it's not like you know your neighbors and if your car breaks down or they need help or you need help. You can't go to your neighbors now because you don't even know who they are. You never see them. You never talk to them. Right. You know, and plus they're usually away somewhere in Europe or something. They All these people got so much money. And, and us that have been here and we struggled to buy that house, now we're here and all these people got millions and millions of dollars living next door and they look at you like... You're trash. You know what I mean? How much have you guys checked out to see how much your house is worth now? My mom bought it in nineteen sixty nine or nineteen seventy for I think around thirty thousand and it's somewhere about one point five, I think, if not more. Dude. That doesn't even <laughs> how how does it it doesn't even the time does not justify you get what I'm saying? Dude, dude, the dude, amount, dude, the dude, growth, <clears throat> listen, to this. doesn't match up. I mean, yeah. first of all, the house is where, where in Venice? Where's it about? behind hoagies? Like, okay, think about this, dude. Thirty thousand dollars, which at the time, by the way, when you talk about, yeah, exactly. When we say thirty thousand, now we look back, well, that's nothing. But at the time, thirty thousand dollars, that was fucking was like a couple hundred grand. That's a lot. Yeah, yeah. All my right. mom and dad struggled to pay. You know, it was a lot. That's then. like where you're like renting out shit. And da -da. Yeah. But dude, now the house is a fucking gold mine. Yeah, but if you think about it, because we had a real estate agent come in and she goes, "Hey, I can get you one point five for your house." You can move over there by Sentinel in Venice, and I can find you a house for like nine hundred thousand. And we're like, okay. And what about the taxes? Uh, right, you know what I mean? Right. You're gonna sell this house. You're gonna make a hundred, two hundred thousand. You're gonna sell us that house. Make a hundred, two thousand. 
only one who's making any money is you, the real estate agent, <laughs> right. not us. Right. I said, you're making all the money for what? We're cool. We're not that far from the beach. We still get an ocean breeze. Right. Why do we want to move? Right. And she's like, uh, okay. Walked away. So the thing is, is it's like, yeah, but here's the thing, because I'm an attorney, so like I see this shit all the time, blood. It's like you and the generation above you, right? You guys are like, yeah, like 1.5 ain't really going to solve a lot of problems. Right, like, no. Quite frankly, it's better that we have this joint. We might as well just hang on to it, you know, da 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 da, da. Then the grandkids, though, or the kids. Right. As soon as the older generation pass away, they can start getting weird. Yeah. I see it all the time, man. Now, all of a sudden, like... You know, one son, one crazy brother wants to fucking sell this thing, and it's the only right thing to do. The other two want to hang on to it. There's a major probate yes. battle. Then the attorneys descend. And you know who makes the money on the that attorneys. one? Attorneys. <laughs> no, right, we've we everybody discussed that because, like I said, so many families have moved out of Venice, and you just hear so many horror stories, oh. you know what I mean, of one brother came, coming in and taking all the money, and it's gone. Right. You just hear so many stories, or they're all fighting, and they all have to pay a retainer for to the attorneys and they all had to pitch in and by the time everything's said and done they got 400,000 when the house was 1.4 exactly they walked away with 100,000 each between the only way it would really make sense is if you did do that and then you guys move I mean you wouldn't want to do this but I'm just saying go to a state where it's like 1.5 is like 10 yeah Mm -hmm. Right? right, then you just fucking buy like a major, and thing. then you've uprooted the whole family, right? Whole right. Other right, and now you can't even walk on that street anymore where no. you used to live. The other way to go about it would be to say like, okay, well, we'll take out a we'll take out a loan, and then we could just rent the house out. Well, that's what everybody's doing down in the neighborhoods, Airbnb. They hold on to it and they rent it out. Mm-hmm. And they can, I don't, however much a month they can get for it, it helps pay down that loan, but they get that chunk of change, and then you guys can do whatever you want. But if you do that, you're still not living there. Right. Exactly. You can't enjoy, you know what I mean, what you guys struggled and, and your whole life for, you know what I mean? They bought it in the 70s. Here it is, almost 220, and now you can't even live in your house if you want to because you couldn't enjoy it. That's you can't true. Afford. That's true. There's something to be said <laughs> for having a place and owning it outright, not having a trip. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's worth a lot, actually. It is. Yep. Absolutely. So what is it that most people don't understand about... Because being in a... First of all, what you... So based on what you said in your time, you had about 10 or 11 years upstate. Right. What was it that they claimed you did? Uh, Possession for sales. Got it. And uh, how old were you when you when you went away? Thirty-six, I believe. Thirty-five, thirty-six. So you went away when you were thirty-six. Yeah. So you were actually kind of a mature dude. Yeah. What's it like for a thirty-six-year-old dude to go? Did you make a deal or did you try to fight it? I tried to fight it, and then next thing I know, uh, it went from a sales. Then they came. Uh, first, they were offering me like five years in a drug program, and I was like, "No, I didn't do this. I want to fight it." Mm-hmm. And next thing. All, all the offers went off the table, and they came back and said, okay, we're striking you out. You're striking looking at 25, you you li- 25 to life for a burglary I did when I was a juvenile. They went all the way back to when I was 16 or 15 with, with a burglary and said, okay, you got two strikes, and you got a drug sale. That's your third strike, so now you're looking at 28, 25 to life. Damn. So then next thing, they finally ended up giving me a, 
a deal, I guess, 18 years with 80%. So I would have did like a little over 16 years on it. Man. But then we hired another attorney. He fought it, got it dropped down, and I ended up doing 11 on a, a 14-year sentence. So when you're when you're like when you're a little bit more because like we just heard a story of a guy who was like 18. Yeah. You know, he just yeah. went on a wild one, and the next thing you know, he's not. But when you're, what's it like for a guy that's that's in his 30s and he's like, fuck, I gotta do this. Is it harder or easier? Do you think? I I don't know. I think it's it's a. Maybe because if you're younger, you get used to it quicker. I don't know. But me, you know, I was just used to kind of being on the streets and, uh, you know, being that young, you didn't really experience life fully. You know, I had wife, kids, and here I had to leave them. And now they're struggling to make ends meet. You know what I mean? And uh, that's what was really rough was thinking about my wife and kids. You know, I'm like, wow, I got it in here. I don't got no bills. They're out there struggling, you know. Mm-hmm. And right. It's hard on the family. That's who it's really hard on is the families. Yeah. Did they? Did anybody try to pull you in to do some some work while you're inside? And you're like, look, I would, but I'm an older guy and I got a family. I can't be ca- catching cases while I'm inside. I got to get back out and help them out. Yeah. Well, you always <laughs> have that, and sometimes there is no choice. You right. have to. Right. And then there's other times where you can, you know, just go away they'll just be like it's just kind of personal just stay away so you don't get caught up you know what i mean got it right and that's all and then all that doesn't apply when you're in the county jail oh no when you're in the county jail your ass is fucking 35 and it's on yeah and they don't give a fuck about how old what you got you're over here having to fight with youngsters and race riots and and you want to hurry up and get to the state yeah. Hey, so wait a second. So did you go to Twin Towers? Yeah, I went through Twin Towers. Did you go up to the the nine thousand floor or whatever, those giant holding cells with the freak like the freak fucking yep. thousand dudes in there? Yep. Yeah. The the, the twi- Twin Towers is one thing. And then the men's county jail where ninety five hundred everything. That's is what I one. think he was talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you go to did you go to ninety five hundred? Yes, many times. <laughs> oh man, you yeah, hear the way he said that? Dog. Did you hear the way he said that? You could tell he went there because he's like, Yeah, many times. Yeah, that is So Steve mean, painted this picture that like that's just that's like a weird sci fi crazy, like its own crazy town into it. That's what I was just gonna say. It's its own third world you city know what I mean? with it's like yes. yes. You roll up in there, and they come and approach you. Check it out. The Mexicans are over here. We got our section right here. This is our shower, our sink, our toilet, and just stay right there. Then you got the blacks over here and the whites, and it's just like you stay in your area. Just don't get caught up in anything or don't start anything, but it always happens no matter what. So <laughs> there's always riots and fights left and right. Dudes Robberies, drug down. deals, yeah, everything's going on. It's like a mini city, down. right? Beat down, drag, <laughs> drag him out, get his store over here. You know what I mean? Get his money back. Yeah. Oh, Doug, oh, it's man. fucking. You fuck around, catch a case in there too. Easy. I've seen a you lot know? of guys catch cases. So what? Do, so like, what was your strategy, man? Like, I mean, obviously you're a smart dude, so you were like, okay, there's some things I can't say no to. But I gotta kind of, I, um, I gotta minimize my exposure. I can't be, like, what was your strategy? Like, do what would you just keep quiet? Number like, one, it's yeah. get with your people. Right. Your people are the four corners. You know what I mean? Yeah. Number one, but then you got 
all the other neighborhoods want to be from the west side. You guys got guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my lion. Guys in downtown Never. LA yeah. saying they're from the, the west, west side. side. Yeah. Why yeah, would yeah. they do why why would they say that? Because they, we're pretty deep. Yeah, <laughs> they want to call it you gotta claim the strength. W. So the guy's like, hey man, I'm like, you got we ain't never seen this dude before. Yeah. I remember be- Blackbird from Temple Street. These yeah. are Temple Street throwing up the W everywhere he goes, yeah. oh, a West Sider. Yeah. Right. It, it's <laughs> just that you find strength in numbers. Right. So, okay, you get in there and the West Side car is deep. Okay, I'm West Side now. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And they're running with us and you got, you know, you got, like I said, strength in numbers. So now we got a deep car, you know what I mean? And that's what they call it, a car. Yeah. So we got a deep car, so everybody wants to kick it there. And now you can be a little more comfortable because you got 20, 30, 40 homies right there kicking it. You can play cards or dominoes, whatever your pastime is, and you can make the time go by. But then, do you hear though the rumbling in the ceiling, and you're like, uh oh? Yeah. Oh, you already know. They already <laughs> tell you something's going down, or you hear it. You just hear the. As soon as you hear that, it's on. You know what I mean? And so what? And so did you like? Because we had some dudes, and they were like, "Yeah, man, you gotta grab whatever you got." Like sometimes it's domino in a sock. Yeah. Who did Soap you in ever, a sock? Yeah. Who did uh, you? Not good. How did you survive that, man? Like I said, strength in numbers. You know what I mean? You stay with your homies, and if it happens, it happens. You just got to get involved. You don't have a choice. You know? <laughs> what do you, I can't even imagine. Look at Tony. Yeah, I mean, like Steve, you look at Steve, and he's kind of scary looking a little bit sometimes. He's got big <laughs> muscles and fucking shit. You can kind of imagine him, like, throwing some shit and getting crazy. But I look at Tony. He looks like a nice guy. You know what I mean? He looks yeah, gentle. Don't get fooled by Tony, bro. Don't yeah, the quiet nice ones. Right Watch out for the quiet ones. Well, you know what, dude? It's like, and Tony knows this bro that the looks don't mean nothing. nothing and i'm keeping my eye on not the big dudes with all the tattoos uh, that's never the dude usually no it's, it's little that little guy. quiet dude bro it's that's that gonna come up and next thing really. you know you're leaking out of the side yeah. <laughs> no you'd be surprised it's always the little the yep. littlest guy's got to prove his point what's yep. the craziest shit you've seen in the right oh man because we heard a story about a guy that got his nutsack blown off from a fucking rubber wow. bullet grenade like that, it went up his pant leg Ooh. <laughs> Remember those exploding balls? Yeah. yeah. In yeah. medium north. Did you see wow. anything crazy? Oh, I've seen dudes beat out, beat down. I've seen one guy just, his. he looked like the elephant man. I'm not lying. I'm, I'm serious. His The whole side of his head was out here. Yeah. Damn. yeah. The guy was using his head as a, uh, 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 like a, soccer ball he was just stomping his head and his head was going bam oh, bam bam man bam. that's crazy for a few minutes until finally the 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 officer didn't even see it he went walking around the yard and they washed him up and he came back by the time he got around the yard at jamestown by the time he got around the yard they were already announcing his name report to the program office <laughs> right and i'm like damn they already got his name you know what i mean damn. and they still haven't helped the guy on the ground yep. he's still laying yep. there yeah yeah damn they're ruthless in the county especially bro like they're trying to like they're not just trying to beat your ass, man. Like, motherfuckers are trying to kill you. Yeah. Right. Stomp you out to death. And you got to kind of be okay with watching somebody get stomped out to death wow. and you're not saying shit. There ain't no, like, oh, that's enough. That's cool. Hey, dude, no, let me ask you a question. Stuff. Let me ask you a question. When that's happening, like, what's really going on? It's like, because I got to imagine, like, one part of you, I mean, maybe I'm a fucked up dude, so I could be fucked mm-hmm. up. 
But I would think that like one part of you would be like totally horrified. Like, oh my God, this is so violent. And I know I'm a bad dude and I'm trying to be, but this is a little, this is a little out there. That's all the time. That then, feeling right there. But then on another level, there would be a part of me that would be kind of fascinated by what I'm seeing. So there would be a lot, slight struggle not to stare too. Cause I, I don't want to stare and, and then right. get involved somehow. Well, there's that because that's you. There's also a third one <laughs> yeah, what's the where third? you see it and you start getting Getting, you know how like Diablo talked about the evil starts to seep in you? Yeah. That you get pulled into like, you start wanting to jump in. You gotta jump in. It's like, it's a, it's a Tony? weird. Tony, yeah, you, you ever, do you ever the darkness ever grab hold of you, brother? It it always does. Everybody, I mean, you'll see something and you'll be like, well, the, you know, it could be what the guy's in there for. I've seen child molesters get beat down and I mean, they're getting stomped out and you know there's a couple times i would be just like well let me kick him he's got to come in yeah 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 yeah. you hey look at you're not happier in there right you've got aggression building up and that might be your opportunity to get some out you know or who knows how the mind is such a complicated thing but you know what you know what i mean but listen dude listen i mean look at like he's saying he his father was white look at i'm not even I'm a, I consider myself a Southsider. I consider myself Rasa. Yeah. But I'm an Italian Jew, okay? And I remember countless times, and in the county, dudes did do nothing wrong with the exception that they were white yeah, or Asian or Ethiopian, but whatever, white, getting the shit beat out of them and all this shit. Simply because they were a white person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah. and I'm not talking about just an ass beating, getting your shit taken, beaten, damn near to death. Yeah. And all these youngsters are jumping, beating this motherfucker like he stole something from him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm. And you, and I, and I, and I, and in my heart, bro, I felt at the time that's fucked up. Yeah. I could see you taking his shit, bombing on him, whatever, okay? But I'm talking about, you know, 10 motherfuckers just stomping a dude out. Just like, he ain't, he what? can't, he's not defending, he's, he's no done, longer. There ain't nothing, man. This is like some fucking 40-year-old guy that's in there for a DUI, and they're <sighs> beating this motherfucker. And yeah. you know what, dog? You just gotta just, like, ignore it. Ignore that shit, you know? Yep. Ignore it. Uh, and might, oh, even have to, uh, might even have to put a motherfucking foot on his ass, too. Yeah. Just to let motherfuckers know. I mean, know? dude, when, when Tony was sitting there, because like, look at Tony now, he's like, a, looks like a great guy, decent guy, nice guy, whatever. Guy kind of guy and a guy that would be in a car club. Uh, right, that's what but then when that song, when he's like, yeah, sometimes the darkness, and once in a while you feel like, maybe I should give him a color. Oh, no, no, I'll try to call. It's interesting to me. Like, do you think, Based on what you've seen, Tony, you think every human has that capacity where it's like you're around it enough, you see it enough that there's a part of you that's like, well, you know what, I'm gonna do it too. Yeah, I, 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 I seriously believe that. I've seen, I don't know how many people, and they come in and it just changes you when you mm-hmm. get in there. It's like when you go to war, you'll meet the nicest guys, but then when you have to do what you have to do, and that's the same thing in, in jail, you're like going to war, you know what I mean? And either you're going to be a part of it or you're not. And if the if other guys see your weakness, next thing you know, they prey upon that. You know what I mean? Oh, he wanted to help that one guy that we were stomping out. Oh, yeah. Yep, that's not going to work. Yeah. No. Now we got something for you. And mm. I've seen it happen many times. This mm. guy's getting stomped out and someone will walk up. Hey, man, leave him alone now. Next oh, thing he's getting stomped, stomped out. out. 
Yep. Yeah, yep. man. Yeah, that many times I've seen that. And, and here's the thing, and this is the reason why I might. Part of the reason I bring this up and I'm touching on this is yeah. because. And I'm gonna go ahead and say this. Do it. You wouldn't normally see what I'm talking about coming from somebody necessarily from the West Side. You'll see it coming from somebody from another area. Yeah. Because what you don't know, you usually fear. Right. Okay? Yeah. On, and I'm going to say this again. That on, and we'll talk about maybe call it, maybe let's we call this maybe a prejudice. Okay? A racist yeah. or prejudice. Yeah. See, out here, man, we grew up with white and blacks. Played a whole thing, you know. That's how we. That's how I grew up, and and a lot of a lot of a lot of the, the the homies from South Central grew up with blacks. And there's like this. It's on. It's on. It's just another man. You want to get loud? You, you I'm like, you're gonna get handled. You know, it's no big. But there is this level of racist in there where they're just. And I'm just. And I'm looking at it. And I'm like, where's that coming from? Yeah. You know what I'm saying, right? Yeah. And um, it's just different. But but with all that, you're with your people, man. Yeah, it ain't really a choice, and that's really not the place where you're going to decide whether you agree or you don't agree or not. Right, that's not the you place don't have to those, start you being don't, you don't have that, man. You're not trying to like uplift the situation. I'm, I am the. I am. I have. I've always had friends, in my home, my friend close to me, that are of all races. Right. You know, I'm not a racist person. Right. But. You know, we get into these places and we have to go to the, we, we put ourselves in these situations. We end up in places and that's not what it's about. Mm -hmm. It's not about that. Mm -hmm. Or it's about that, but it's not. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, It's something bigger and you're either going to roll with the program or your ass is going to get handled. You yes. Know? Um, and so when you ask, like, how do you navigate or how do you navigate it? It's like you roll with your people. You yep. program with your people. You don't go against the grain. You know, um, there's a reason why that thing works a very certain way. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, but it's, you know, I, I, I got I got cracked at uh, 28 or 29. And it was very and it wasn't 35. It was 29. And I went to go do, you know, five. And it, it was even then. And I had two kids now kids yeah and doing that time i think the age factor has one thing to do with it's it because you. you're no longer a youngster where you just don't give a fuck and you're like this is a and journey you got and oodles the time ahead of you right but the, uh, the 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 thing that fucked me up the most was that i'm leaving a wife and kids to fend for themselves right what do i have to do i'm gonna get fed the lights are on my clothes are, no matter what right i gotta stay alive i gotta keep my heart beating but I've now left what is my responsibilities right. are left. And there's no way to dice that up and clean that up. I fucked up. There's no way to justify there it. There isn't, man. Right. It's And the acts that lead to it were selfish somewhere down the road. Unless right. you're somebody that's just completely innocent and you're being fucking railroaded. You know what I'm right, saying? Right, right. But, um, you know, I Taking didn't, chances that you shouldn't have taken. I didn't think clearly about where I was and what I was doing. That could put to cause that situation because I can't clean that up. Right. I can't go. That time's gone, man. That time's lost. Yeah. And every struggle that they had, they had to do it without. 
this the father or without the man you know and it's like that shit when you're in there and you can't escape it man because you're you're to get your phone call right you you, hopefully if you're lucky enough to get the visit and and dude the visit with let me tell you something dude as much as jessica i love my ex-wife man we weren't even together, man. And she would take the ride up with my kids yeah. to visit me. Should I think either our girls came together or yeah, I think whatever? So. Um, as much as I had to see and wanted to see my kids, probably one of the most difficult things is a visit like that coming to an end. And you have to kiss your kids or your loved one and go back to hey. doing time. It, am I lying, Tony? No. Hey, Tony, like, no. well, so what is it like? Because, like, <clears throat> Like in the movies, they they do that shit, you know, and the kids come up, and then the dad, and sometimes they show the scene where the dad's like real mean to the kids, so that they they don't hurt as much. He thinks when, they, but like, what is it really like? What does it do to a man's heart when you're in there and you want to see the kids, but they're gonna see you with the fucking handcuffs and and in the bad place with the bad men and you're gonna be wearing that thing how hard is that i was just thinking about that when you brought it up um what happened was the cops went to my house looking for my uh brother so they just walked in the house that's how the police do it police people (laughs) don't believe it but yeah they just walked into our house (laughs) six eight cops deep and i was there visiting you know just visiting my mom's house and it's uh my daughter was a year 13, 14 months old, she was walking, I remember that. And uh, they're like, we're looking for your brother, and I'm like, he's not here. And they're like, well, stand up. And I'm like, what do you mean? You just entered my house. And they're like, stand up for our safety. We have to handcuff you. And I'm like, you just walked into my house with no warrant. You ain't showed me nothing. How are you in my house? So anyway, the cop stands me up, goes to handcuff me, and my daughter runs up, and she's pushing his legs. Leave <sighs> my daddy alone. Let go of my daddy. Mm. And she's crying, and the guy's get get the child away from me get the child away from me mm-hmm. i go dude you just came into our house what are you talking about my daughter would go to visit me and she'd be like daddy dad there would be the uh, co daddy <laughs> just instant right, change and right, the co right, would be yeah. like hey wh- wh- why why did she do that and i go she don't like cops oh bullshit he walked around the corner and then i said he's gone don't worry she started daddy daddy and he peeked around the corners she seen him stone right. face right there and i go i told you man she's had bad experience with the police so she doesn't like police mm-hmm. what do you expect you know what i mean you guys brought it on yourselves mm-hmm. you know it's not like she was born that way you know what mm-hmm. i mean right but that's just how it is sometimes and it's kids are taught that when they see you know the prejudice of the police arresting hispanics and and you know the poor people that's just what they see and uh it's, it's bad look you know what i mean the kids learn that from yeah. them what about you steve like when you i mean when you're in there and the kids come in and they see you like that like does it go through your head like fuck like i don't want my kids to see me looking like this or is that doesn't even that maybe that doesn't even enter it well no i mean and on the second term vincent when uh, you know when vincent was little little it was like he was so little he didn't he know, don't know. Then, but then when I went back and gave him that other time, my daughter was so little, she really knew, but Vincent knew. And I think more than anything, I was concerned with that. He would see it in a way where he would either glorify it or want to follow it or 
that was my concern. Right. Like, oh, is this what men do? Or, you know, I mean, I might have been thinking way too deep on it. No, I think it was I something think that was a, more legit. of a fear, but not like an embarrassment or I don't want my kids to see me in this place. I didn't give a fuck where we're at. I want to see my kids right. and hold them. Exactly. Um, That's interesting. But uh, no, but so so that clears up something for me. Then it's the the love of your children overrides like oh, how yeah, you look. It don't matter how I yeah. look or where I'm at. Yeah, that shit didn't. I didn't give a fuck about that. But the concern was, I don't want my son to take away from this that this is what a man. This is where a man goes. Or I found what, my. I find ourselves back at this place where it's like, for you. And maybe even Tony, I don't know. But when you guys are young and you see the prison dudes, you do glorify it. Uh, yeah, I, I got to admit I did. You know, because you got all your older homies going and you're like, curiosity, whatever. Yes. And then you plus you're like, damn, I want to go experience what they experience. I want to see what it's about, see what it's like. So then you could brag, you know, yeah, I was yeah. out there. You know, when you're young. You, you know, hear all these stories and the way they're telling them? Oh, it's fun. They're not telling them <laughs> fucked up. They're not telling you the fucked up shit, bro. Well, it right. sounds like a party. Exactly. Oh, motherfucking shorty, you remember when they stabbed Oh, we were playing Pino. And you're yeah. like, dude, man, I want to be able to fucking this be show, like, I was up on Folsom this, on this, that yard or hey, whatever. Yeah. this show sometimes is like that. It this is, show, so I mean, we tell we tell all the sides, right? Yeah, we do. We tell all of it. But but even some of the sides that are it sounds like a crazy movie, and so this show sometimes gets a little bit like. And I'm not I'm not criticizing the show at all. Right. I'm being honest. Right. Because we're being honest. Right. But what I'm, what I, but what, so we find ourselves back at this place where it's like, yeah, for me, and for what I was doing. It's a good thing, and I want to tell the war stories. And it, there is there's something right. interesting there, right? But then when we talk about my son, yeah, for somehow you turn this corner where you're like, nah, I don't, it's not. I don't want that for my son. Right. What is that, Tony? How do you reconcile that? How is it? How how do you pull that together? Well, when I like I said, I would think about it, and I would be like, wow, this. They never told me about the bad parts, you know, <laughs> they would always just glorify it. And then when you'd go experience it for yourself, you're like, oh, shit, it ain't as fun as they were telling me. You know, what I mean, this ain't fun. You're separated from your families. You're not there to provide. Now you're in jail with all these other idiots. And I hate to say it. There's a lot of idiots in there. You're like, damn, you were on the streets. How did you survive on the streets? You're as there dumb are, as a bro. rock. There are. You'd be surprised how many people they got crazy people in there. You, and you're just like, wow, I didn't hear about all these other people in here. You know what I mean? It was just sounded like it was the hangout. It was fun times. Right. And then you're just like, and then when I, get, I, when I even got out, I told my kids and stuff, they would ask me about prison. I go, that's nothing I really want to talk about. There's nothing to, nothing to talk about there. It was stupid. I messed up and I paid the price. You know what I mean? And I missed out all them years with you. And that wasn't something I wanted to do. And now I'm back and I really don't want to talk about that. You know what I mean? There wasn't no... You, you can, yes, you try to make the best out of any situation. So, yeah, I would go to the yard and I'd be on the yard and I'd be laughing. Everybody would be like, why do you laugh and joke so much? And I'd be like, you got to make the best out of your situation. Because we're I mean, like, what else am I going to do? Exactly. I'm here. What am I going to do? Walk around like these other guys hating life and hating everybody. Nobody right. would even want to talk to you. It's like making the time 10 times worse. Yes. Got Hard it. timing. Yep. So you just go to the yard and I'd be, hey, good morning, how, you, how the hell you doing? Hey. Yeah, 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 and yeah. And would be yeah. like, man, you're all so happy, go look. And I go, I try to make the best out of any situation. I'm yep. People say that to me at the gym. They're like, hey, man, I don't get it. You put in a lot of work at the gym, you're working out, you're here two hours, and you're happy, you're smiling. And I'm like, because I'm fucking getting stronger and there's no way 
that I'm going to come in here and have a negative attitude, that's only going to take energy away from the yeah. workout. I can't, yeah. I can't handle right. it. Yeah. Yeah. But now, so you got, so how many kids do you have? Um, I had a son and my daughter, Veronica and Anthony, with my first wife. My son passed away. I'm sorry to hear that. And um, my daughter, Gabriella, and my son, uh, Raymond, with my second wife. So <sighs> my, my son, my daughter was about a, 13, 14 months when I got arrested, and my wife was six, seven months pregnant when I went to jail. Man. Yeah, so I got out, and he was 11 years old, and my daughter was 13. And when the, and so, man, that's interesting, because what do you think a son and a daughter, like, what do you think they would want to talk to you about it, like, for them? Like, for them, because, like, I guess when you're, you're a kid, I'm trying to think about my relationship with my dad when I was coming up. And, you know, you want to, listen, my dad was crazy. This is, I'm, I mean, we, I just told a funny thing about whatever, whatever, but my dad was fucking, he was an alcoholic, he was crazy. But still, you know, you want to know your father or your mom on an intimate level. On an, on a, you want to know them. Right. And some dudes have a hard time because their dad's around all the time. But their dad's behind a newspaper or their dad's at the office. Right. They never really know him. So I got to think when the kids are asking you about that time you did, there's a part of them that's trying to understand you. Yeah. And then there's a part of it. So, 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 and then you, you're saying like, yeah, but I don't want to talk. There's nothing there. Because you're saying that because you don't want them to feel like it's a glorification of it. Well, the one good thing was, you know, my wife stuck in there for the 11 years. Yeah. And she would bring my kids up. And like I said, she was struggling. So it'd be like every once or twice every six months. So my kids did go there and see. So I'm not saying, you know, they experience prison. But yes, you do kind of experience prison mm -hmm. because you're in the waiting line. Yeah. You're out there with the people. Then you're mm -hmm. inside and you see all the other prisoners. And, you know, sometimes she took the bus to get there. And yeah. I mean, you know, that's it's it's a little mission. That's dedication. It's yeah. a lot. It's a lot yeah. for them to come up and visit. And that's how I we I I'm pretty sure Jessica came up with my wife and I would try to get friends from the West. Side. Right, right. To get them together, and make it easier. Yeah, because, mm -hmm. you know, my wife would be like, I don't really have the money. And I'd be like, Jessica's so coming so up coming. this weekend. Right, right, right. You can ride with her if you mm -hmm. want. They'll, they got the gas. And I would even ask him, hey, is it yep, cool if yep, she ride? Yep, yeah. Yep. Just tell her to be here at seven o'clock in the morning and we'll roll together. Yeah, I know they came together. A yeah, couple they times. did. And guys from Culver City, they tell me yeah, the same, same thing. thing. Remember, right. my old lady yeah, rolled exactly. with yours a couple times. Your old lady mm -hmm. rolled with mine. But that's yep. what—that's how you develop you this do. friendship and uh, camaraderie because you guys are struggling together. So now you're having to go to the, the guy you grew up hating. Mm -hmm. Hey, can your wife and kids come with my wife and kids? You right. know what I mean? Right. So that's when guys on the streets, they tell me, you know, hey, well, we don't really get along with them. And I was like, well, maybe when I was a youngster, I thought that way. But as you grow older and you make friends with them, you see they're just another human like you. So, you know, it, to me, it doesn't really matter what neighborhood, you know, it is or whatever. You have to give every man his respect. Right. And right. that's all it comes down to, basically, is just getting that respect and giving it back the yep. way it was given. That makes me think about that time that we were walking out. I can't remember what the exact place was and you had your shirt off. I was right there there in Venice Beach. And those yeah. youngsters. They weren't older dudes. So older no, dudes were, saw no, you. No, no, no. There was actually an older dude from Venice. Yeah. His shirt off, big Venice. And I'm walking with my shirt off saying, I'm like, and I'm in Venice. And he's like, all right, we gave each other a look, right? <laughs> so then we're walking by a little booth right there by Windward, right at the, the heart. 
This homie's selling West Side stuff, and I walk by. I'm like, and right away, he's like, hey, give me a, a pound. And like, hey, going to respect the homie. You need to put your shirt on right here. I'm like, all right, homie, no problem, no sweat, you know. Yeah. I, I took my time putting it on, but I put but it on. But it was you know? some youngsters. Yeah, but it was youngsters, and it's like that's just the way it is, dog, because. We may have that common understanding because we have a history, right? Because we're older, this and right? That. But the youngsters, they don't give a fuck. They, and that, anything, they take that as a, a sign of disrespect. Absolutely, and that's what I was trying to explain to them is that I really have no business because my homies are going to do the same thing. You are not going to walk on the pier with you, you, without your shirt on. You know, what right. I'm saying? it ain't going to happen. Right. Um, and, and that it is, it is, it's not, it's not something that you do. You know, I kind of started walking from Santa Monica and by the time I get a mess, I should have put Trump in. But if anything, some of those fools see that as a feather in their hat. You know, yeah. You know, right. Know? They're going to get, get one gonna, of the older homies. You yeah. They're going to get a Chevron so, on their fucking lapel. Right. Yeah. So, so it's, uh, it, it, you know, and at the same time, uh, I don't care. I see Tony anywhere. No, I don't care who's going to say anything. I don't care. And more than likely, my homeboys ain't going to tell me shit. Right. But I'm not going to not give give him a hug, check in with him, do anything I can, because our friendship has exceeded any, transcended. Transcended yeah. any kind of neighborhood thing. You know, you form a bond with somebody in that type of situation where your family members get together and you go through the, all that stuff. I don't, really, I don't care about what neighborhood. That's my brother. You yeah. know? It's kind of fucked up because... <clears throat> And then, you know, I don't know where... Because you got homies maybe even from, like, Venice that'll look out for you better than your own homeboys from your neighborhood. It's kind of fucked up because in the beginning, like, when you're younger, I don't know where all this really originates, but when you're younger, in order to get to the level where you guys can actually be unified as a full block, like a full block of the four corners, or you can transcend all that stuff, you have to survive all that young knucklehead shit. Right. And there's a high chance you ain't gonna survive all that. It's it's listen. It's somebody said it on the show. Somebody was talking about it on a show that we had on, and somebody was like, they talked about how some youngster was saying to some older homie, "Oh, hey, OG," and the dude's like, he's like forty five, fifty, and he was just like, "OG, oh, like hold up on that, man. Am I that old?" And he was like taking in a negative way, and the chick that was with him was like. You shouldn't even take that as a negative. Right. The fact that you get to be an OG over right. here, get to make it through that, because how many motherfuckers didn't make it past 20? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So uh, Behind a bullet, it, behind a drug, behind an institution. Right. So I constantly, re- I constantly, like, I never look at the younger or when they tell me that, like, I'm sour that I'm older. Oh, dude, like, I'm very lucky. For somebody to call me OG and, you know, like, dude, I that's see like the gifts in it, bro. I see the gifts in it. Well, hey, dog, that's for, that's for Chapo and them, dog. Them dudes are tra- we ain't there the yet, dog. OG. What? <laughs> that triple OG. And they say that shit sometimes. When they say that, then I'm kind of like, Wait, come when on, they dog. Say, not the triple OG. What, why? Come on. The they trip- hit that shit on Instagram. Old, old. Old gangster, yeah, yeah, yeah. Original, original, original gangster. Hey, but they, he, they sometimes I put a post up and they'll be like, 
triple OG. I'm like, hey, cortatela. Stop that shit, man. The triple, bro. One O is good enough. Yeah. I've had them do that, but they're clowning when they say right. it. What's up, triple OG? I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you say that to Chopper, he'll be like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. You know. That's funny. Yeah, but yep. so so do you know what man? This is a great. This is a we we we're touching on an interesting subject, which is parenting and this life. Parenting and this life, man. You know what I thought though is when you said the age of your son when you got out. The very first thing that I could think of was that yes, bro, yes, your son didn't have you for eleven years, and yes, and, and I'm not gonna dis. Dis, you know, that's all legit. Discount. But the, discount. But the one thing that I, I know from my own experience, from raising a son and paying attention to life, that at that 12 and 13, as a boy, as a young man approaches that 12 and 13, all the way through that 16, that to me is like, it is a key time where there needs to be a male figure. So there needs to be a man somewhere around. Because that's the ages where the road, where that fork in the road really comes, and it's like... Well, but hold on a second. Uh, I mean, that's true. I was going to disagree with that. Really? Uh, Tony, I when... think it's when they're they're little. They need that man figure. To, because mm-hmm. a woman is soft. All women are soft. I agree with and that. They, and they, you know, let kids get away with a lot of shit. And I see my grandsons now. You know, they're seven and five, but they've been around, you know... Let me ask you, how old your, old's your son right now? My son's, uh, damn, 24. Is he doing all right? He's in Germany or Qatar right now. He's in the Air Force. Okay. Good. And my daughter, she's uh, does nursing. She's going to uh, college for nursing, and she's got a little part-time job she's doing. She's doing real good, and she's got a... My two grandsons at the house, Lucky and uh, Nikki. Right, right, right. Luck, right little right. Lucky, huh? Lucky Luciano, that's his name. I'm just... All <laughs> I was thinking was, I'm no, glad that this guy got home when his son was 11 and not when he was 16. You know what? I'm going to say something. Because there's formidable ages, I feel, at that 12, 13, 14, where boys just are like, if there's just no guy. Uh, yeah, but, 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 but Tony, wait, wait Maybe that doesn't mean shit to you, but to me. No, no, I no, no. What, what I was gonna t- where, where I was going with that story was that because my wife was so soft, you know what I mean? She didn't teach him to be a man. So, like, I get out, right? And I got my his little cousins, my nephews and stuff, my sister Kathy, his her son Daniel. And uh, next thing I know, he's punking my son. My son's 11, 12 years old, and this kid's 6, 7. And my wife taught him, don't hit back, take it on your cheek, you know, turn away. Turn away, right. So next thing I know, I'm, I'm watching my little nephew splash him with water, my son. And I'm like, come here. What the hell are you doing? And he's like, no, he's little. I go, no, but... He's he's getting away with it, so he's constantly splashing you or throwing stuff at you. You know right. what I mean? You got to let him know I'm the older cousin. You need to respect me. I go come here with me. So I walked over. We went to the pool. I grabbed some water and threw it in his face. <laughs> and then my my nephew was just like you know sputtering. Psh, psh, hey, what, what? And I go see. I go now. Wait a minute, and you do it. So then he went over there and did it. <laughs> right. And right. then my 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 nephew, my sister was sitting right there, and my sister was like. That that's her son. I'm doing now, right? Right, yeah, yeah, right, right, right. And she was like, "That's good. You did that because your son is too soft." And all my sisters right, and brothers, right, right. You too see, man, soft. you're you are one thousand percent right. I think that's right. Hold on, hold on. So in this show, we as we've gone through all this discussion, because 
you know what? Let's just fucking say it, man. We got a lot of dudes that done some time. So as a result, we're constantly tracing like what went wrong, what went wrong, where did it go wrong? And you know what? A lot of dudes are, and it's dudes. Mm-hmm. So because it's guys, we're focusing on the male figure in the household. Mm-hmm. And you can't throw a rock at a guy that's gone and done some time where the guy's not like, and my dad wasn't around, right? And a lot of times that makes a lot of sense. And I'm not saying it, it is or isn't a factor. But we haven't talked to any prison women. I mean, I don't even know if a prison woman would be like, You want me to bring some? Yeah. <laughs> actually, yeah. We're having Chola Thursdays, man. Bring them in. All right. The thing is, is I'm not I'm not even joking. The thing is, is uh so but would a would a woman who did prison time would she say that my mom wasn't around? I don't know. Would she say that? I don't know. Would, I didn't have a woman in the house to teach me how to be a woman? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. That's a good question. Wow. I, I, my sisters have all been to prison. My okay. Sisters. All right, go ahead. And uh, the kids, uh, they showed a lot of resentment towards that. You know what I mean? Who did? Because my nieces and nephews. that were Against their moms going to prison. Yeah, later on in life, they would say that, you know, hey, you weren't there. You didn't take me to school. You weren't there my first day, or you weren't there for this birthday, right. or you weren't. And, you know, they kind of hold that resentment. I mean, you know, think of, you got to think about it. If your mom or somebody has got hey, four dude, my five mom, years. Listen, my mom gave me up to my dad when I was one, and she never sent me a birthday card, nothing my Do you hold life. resentment? Fuck yeah. So that's how the kids feel. They feel as if their mom abandoned them, basically. Right, totally. Right. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. Now, and I'm not even saying this to make a oh, thing. Oh, wait, are you saying that a woman gets it more than a man? No, 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 no. Okay. That's just, I'm trying to, I'm actually, what I'm really trying to do is say, like, I feel like it might be too common in an old saw for us to say, well, because the dad wasn't there, that's why I went to jail or prison. I didn't have a male figure to tell me how to do X, Y, and Z. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying there isn't a place for that. Mm-hmm. I am. But I'm also saying, like, I don't know that it works the same way in the woman direction where it's like the woman sure. went to jail. She might have a sure. resentment, but did she? Go? Now, the, now, the other issue I've got to ask, too, is because so now Tony's telling us, correct me if I'm wrong, you, you did a vacation and you had some sisters that did a vacation, right? So did you was your dad in the house? Yeah. Well, he was. My mom and dad got divorced in the 80s, but he was there. Till I was twenty something, twenty five. So, like, how do you explain that? You you don't because uh, I mean, listen. As I said, when I was in prison, I asked a lot of questions. Like, it was in it was to me. Yeah, I already had in the back of my mind. I wanted to know why and what the similarities were between my fellow inmates. Right. Yeah. So I asked a lot of questions. Yeah. And I got to tell you, man. A, 80% of the men in prison that I was in prison with, the father wasn't around and the mother could not control them. They yeah. just fucking, they took over and their mom couldn't do shit about it. Okay? You know what? Wait, wait. But there's 20% where the mother and father were both there and their father was showing up and, and dudes would tell me, dude, I had a great mom and dad. My dad supporting my mom. My dad took me to work. I was there every night. And they just were a loose cannon. They were going to do it anyways. Right. So is that 20%? It's the same that you're saying. Right. Can't all be blamed on the dad. Well, the other thing is that now that we're talking about it, right, we entered a situation in the United States where probably 80% of the people who didn't go to jail or prison, their dad wasn't there. Right. Like that's just a common. 
Okay. That's right. pretty common. Right, right, right. And, right. The, and the sun did grow up soft. That's why you got all these neck beard motherfuckers with big yes, ass titties dude. walking yes, around right now. Yes, right? yes, yes. Yeah. soft dudes That's for sure. right now. That's for sure. Because I tell you what, if you had a bunch of adult, responsible men right now, I could promise you this country... Would be different. Totally. They wouldn't well, listen, be buying bro, stupid shit. Brother, listen. They wouldn't be buying stupid shit. We talked about shit. me growing up and my dad not being Fuck, around. I got to take a being, piss. Give me one second. And me being raised by my in a house with my mom and my sister. And how all the ways up until the eighth grade, the end of the seventh grade, I was bullied, bro. Bullied. Beat, I let dudes beat me up until they were tired. I was a sissy. Because my mom... Because <laughs> yeah. my mom was like, don't, no, you don't hit back. You turn the other cheek. You don't wow. fight. You don't, no, no. All this. And I tried to follow her rules. And my life got worse. And I got picked on more and bullied more. And it, until finally I decided one day I was going to fucking. You were going to be the bully? No. <laughs> I was going to be the bully. I was like, this dude's about to beat my ass. But I'm going to give him something before he beats my ass. I'm going to take one on him. And I punched this kid, and he crumbled. And it, my instantly, everything changed. Yeah. I, I took the power back. And that's how I felt at that moment. I was like, and then I just went way the other way with it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But um, it, I tried her way, and it didn't work. But there wasn't a male to come in and say, hey, man, you, you can't allow that you know i i got exactly what you were saying yeah you know like because if i were to have seen it with my kid i'd have done the same exact thing that you did yeah this is just gonna be the road to you just being a punk in life and everybody's gonna walk all over you and you could just see the little light bulb flicker on as soon as he was like what and i go that's all you gotta do i'm not saying to be the bully, bully, yeah, right. but just Absolutely let not. him know that that's not what you do. And I go, it's e it's either by swatting him on the butt or giving him the same thing he did to, give you. to you, yeah, and just let him know that's not cool. How do you like it? And then they'll see. And I go, and that's I'm not telling you to be a bully, but don't let it be don't a doormat either, right? Yes, don't be bullied. And and my sisters and all them agreed with me. They're like, yep. that's good, you did that. You know what I mean? Kind of hurted me that you're punking my son. You know what I mean? But he yeah. needed to do that. Yeah, but it's just his place <laughs> in life, right? You were just you were just organizing the regular flow of how things are supposed right. to go, huh? But so let me ask you this then: so your dad was there, your mom was there. So why, what caused you and your sisters and anyone else actually in your family to wind up making decisions where you wound up doing the doing time? Um, I don't know if it was. My dad drank every single day from nine o'clock in the morning till nine ten at night. What every kind of alcoholic worked. was he? Beer. He just drank beer all day. No, I mean like, cause my dad was a kind of alcoholic where it's like, he would go to work. He wouldn't oh. necessarily drink at work. Some dudes do whatever, but when he came home, he would drink and then he would drink to blackout. And I would see oh. it, right? Like just yeah. whatever. So some dads are just they just drink all no. day. They maintain. Yeah, that's. But they're saying. a little bit. He. That's what he did. He. He had a shop. For all, forever, you know what I mean? Worked on cars, and 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock in the morning, he was cracking a beer and working on cars all day. He was a, a functioning alcoholic, if right. you want to say. Was he emotionally distant? Yes. Uh, so, see, that might be a situation where it's like the dad is there in body. Who's Who is this? Honda? It's not me. Um... 
So my dad. Yeah. So, but, but, okay. So if he, let's say this, you're saying he's functioning because he had a shop, right? But he was drinking. It wasn't crazy, crazy drinking, but it was like whatever. And he was emotionally distant. Right. That's a situation where it's like your dad's there in body, but well, he might not be there in, in, I, I in emotion. Found, I found out later on in life that my grandmother had, uh, when she was younger, my grandfather was a truck driver. Yeah. So he was on the road forever. Right. He ended up divorcing my uh, grandmother. She had an emotional breakdown. That was back when they didn't do divorces. No, in the 40s or something. And yeah. my dad ended up, him and his brothers, oh, I don't know how many brothers there were, my uncles, but they got put in an orphanage and in juvenile hall. Orphanage. Yeah. And uh, my, did, my dad did time in Preston. He did time all over. Okay. I mean, what, you know, I mean, you're not, you don't look that old, but I mean, my dad had a cross tattooed here, a dot here on his cheekbone and a dot here. And in the early 50s, 52. No, that was not, not on the face. On the face. You, you barely not. on the arm. Right. And he had on his arms, a big girl on his chest. And I mean, that just wasn't acceptable back then. Right. And um, so and he had to have his own shop. Yeah. So then also, I guess maybe from being in juvenile hall and all that, he was always distant and it wasn't about showing affection or nothing like Dude, that. Come on. You know, listen. Orphanages and juvenile hall. I mean, who God knows what goes down in those places. Right. So he would even tell me, as you know, growing up, it was like, uh, "Don't be a sissy. Don't don't be hugging on your mom. Don't be uh, letting her kiss you goodbye. You know, just stuff like that." So trying to toughen you up, staying like no showing emotions and this and that. And I was a little guy, you know what I mean. So I was always getting picked on and stuff. And then later on in life, it was just like trying to hang out with the homies and trying to be cool with them and that meant getting high and getting into trouble and next thing you know i'm going to juvenile hall and, going and your to the sisters county. my sisters uh the same thing they what did they get did they what did they claim they would they get popped for well that? they ended up you know back then the drug was heroin everybody around my age everybody i, I my had sister, friends 12 years old doing heroin my mom's sisters uh died of heroin yeah there's a there's a lot, but back then it was like the norm. I had, me and my friends are going to barely starting high school, and we're all pitching in to buy a, a spoon of heroin, which was twenty twenty five bucks back then. So we're all pitching in three dollars, four or five of us. We're buying a spoon and we're slamming heroin at at you know twelve, thirteen, fourteen, That's fifteen crazy. years old. Yeah. And next thing you know, you get older, and next thing you're strung out on heroin. Now you're stealing from the stores or doing burglaries, doing robberies. And next thing, it's it was a revolving door. You'd go into the county for a little while, get out, go back, get it. Right. You know, I already had done three three different numbers before that. You know what right. I mean? E numbers, K numbers. And it once you get on that road, it's kind of hard to break because, you know, you come out, there your friends are again. Oh, let's get high. Yeah, let's go get high again, you know, and just a crazy revolving it's a door. cycle yeah. that you, you end up you know what man I, I i never really i didn't this didn't really hit me until tony started talking was but my mom shelly because mm -hmm. she lived in riverside i was born in santa ana mm -hmm. her a lot of heroin in santa ana uh, yeah, <laughs> thing. her sister sherry uh died from heroin overdose yeah mm. and like I mean, it was never, so ever since my dad and his brother, my uncle, I think, was trying to date her too. Mm -hmm. And my dad was with a sister. And I, I don't think she was ever well. 
Right. Her entire life. And she had kids right. and everything. Right. Right. Never well. Man didn't stick around. Mm-hmm. And she was just like a, like a little chick. And, uh, and then, then my other aunt, Sandy, she was adopted. So she wasn't blood. And my grandmother, Margie, who was the Oneida Indian on that side, mm-hmm. she was like a real alcoholic. Like she was a go on a run. I'm in the pack of cigarettes. I'll be back in an hour. <laughs> Come back two weeks later, alcoholic. Whoa. Right, right, right. Like yeah. for real. Yeah. And Margie Hill, I'm cousins with Charlie Hill, who's a famous American Indian comedian, mm-hmm. was on the Tonight Show. Indian. <clears throat> Margie Hill died on a bar stool. Mm. She got drunk. Jesus. Passed out, fell, hit her head, and Whoa. died. That's mm. how she died. Wow. Mm. And so that left my grandpa, Gene, with three girls. And the adopted one, Sandy, is the one that kind of raised the other two. Mm. She was like the mom, sort of. And, when my mom, and so, you know, my, my mom's, Shelly, like, the, she's Indian, but you wouldn't know that. You would just see some brown people living in Riverside. You just automatically assume they're Latino, and they live like Latino in that area. Mm-hmm. They got right. relatives that work at as a mechanic at Disney over here, and they've got, you know, relatives that do all this other stuff. You don't know, you know. And they married two Latinos, so you know, I've got an uncle on that side. Uncle, uh, uh, they're fitting right into the culture they're surrounded by. Uncle Ruben. Mm-hmm. Reuben and little Reuben. Every, there's always a little. <laughs> yeah, there's no yeah. fucking the whatever it is on that side of family. The son's always like whatever the dad's name right, was. Right, right, right. There's right. no no. And now you're saying all this, man. I'm like, you know, that's really probably half my story is that. Maybe I want to do this podcast and I want to do this show and talk to all these folks that you know, Steve, because on some levels it's echoes of a side of my life that I've tried to ignore my entire life. Maybe. Maybe. But, yeah. you know, like, like now, we were talking about the car clubs earlier. Like now, I try to teach my kids there is different, my grandkids and my kids. So, like, we've, I've met with the guys from Santa Monica, Culver City, and West L.A., and every time I talk to them, I tell <coughs> them, look at what we got to get across. You know what I mean? We're older, and we've got to try to set the example, if nothing else. we got to show our kids and everything, hey, there's a different – world out there hey look at we go to car functions we go to car shows and everything else we want it to be a safe atmosphere so you know hey i want to i want to be able to know i can go to santa monica and everything's good i want to know i can go to culver city anywhere i can take my grandkids i can take my kids and i can feel at peace knowing that ain't nothing gonna happen there because you're gonna let your hey this ain't the place to do it right and i try to tell the guys in our in our car club and stuff hey you know we're all families. Hey, let's try to outgrow that. You know what I mean? Let's just, it's about your family, number one. And then the car clubs and, and always have that in the back of your mind. Hey, my family's going to be there. Let's, you know, make yeah. it nice and something yeah. that they'll enjoy. Right. And that the way they can get into cars also. And that way they'll see, hey, man, this is, that's pretty cool. We go out there. We hang out with other kids. Mm-hmm. Like we do an Easter thing and, and a lot of car clubs go and it's over there by Fox Studios, that by the golf course behind it. Mm-hmm. And we go out there. They have sack races. They have, uh, you know, how many times do you do that with your kids? You right, know, right, 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 right. Yeah, they're doing sack races, Easter egg hunting, and uh, they had the DJs. They had comedians, and 
it's something different for the kids to see and they can see you out there with friends and family and everything we took a lot of my family went and uh everybody enjoyed it everybody was like hey man this is something different and this was something nice the kids really had a good time they enjoyed it that you know there's a different world and you got to try to experience your kids to that you know what i mean just can't be all about just going to work coming home and and passing out and let's start another day you know what i mean no mm -hmm, it's, you mm -hmm. gotta yeah, that you're talking about community, right? And know? that's what we're trying but to bring also, back because there ain't no more, right? Yeah, and I and I agree with you one thousand percent. And also being present, mm -hmm. exactly, like being present with your kids. You know what? I was just having this thought the other day where uh, I was coming home and I was like, you know, my wife's taking care of the baby, and I love the baby, Tigra. And I'm like, I, I did the, the trial and I did all this work and I'm, I'm fucking exhausted. And I try not to compare in my mind with my wife, what my wife has to do, mm -hmm. because that's not going to help anybody for right, me to be like, right. hey, I work harder than you or you. Right. You had it easy. Yeah, baby. So it, but she's on the team taking care of somebody that's important to me. Right. And I ain't going to try to like, you know, say anything about even it, it out. Yeah, exactly. But I was tired. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, that's how easy it is to fall into. You know what? I'll go to bed tomorrow. I'll spend some extra time with Tigra. And she's only seven weeks. She's not going to remember anyway. It's that easy to be like, oh, tomorrow. It's been a long day. I got to fucking get my head yeah. straight. And I'm like, you know, I'm never going to get this time back. Yeah. I can't do it every, every, every night. But when I, uh, but that night when it occurred to me i'm like i better go pick her up carry her smell her yep talk to her and be there for her to let her know like hey you know because right. i dude i work with so many lawyer dudes and man they put in like they make money i mean they're 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 clocking 500 700 000 a year mm -hmm. okay that's putting some bread on the fucking table mm -hmm. but they're working, and this is legit. It ain't no bullshit. They're working 14-hour days. Mm -hmm. And the 14-hour days that they're working, it's stressful. Like, they, they got a lot of shit right down the line. They got people yelling at them, all this other stuff. When they come home, they just want to take a ride on the Cuddy Sark, or they just want to <laughs> fucking have a few drinks, right, mm -hmm. and just mellow the fuck out, right? And that's how it was in the 1950s. Yeah. And then go to sleep and do it. And they feel like I'm doing my part. Mm -hmm. Like my wife doesn't have to work And my kids are getting the best education money could buy Because I'm doing all this stuff But the kids Because I used to work up at that rehab How many kids you been at in a rehab Where their parent was making clock yep. and big dough yes. And they yep. hate their parents right. Because they weren't there and they don't remember all the shit they got. They remember where you at the baseball game where you That's the shit they remember and, and, and let me tell you something man you're one of the only guys I've heard you say it that's consciously about that. You just said it again. My sponsor, Jason, talks about this all the time. And the right. guy don't stop moving. Right. And he's like, I don't give a fuck how tired I am, man. I'm going to read my son and daughter this story tonight. I'm going to lay and rub their back until they fall asleep. It's going to be me. Right. That they're yeah. going to see. Right. It doesn't matter. I chose to fucking have the tattoo shop. I chose this fucking Right. Life. They didn't choose it. Right. Um, and that I can't he he's like he's so on that shit, bro. Like it doesn't matter. And then people are like, Yeah, this dude's like the greatest husband in the world because he doesn't even matter. He just always and it's like, no, 
he's being a fucking present father, you know? Uh-huh. It's it's but it's let me that important but, bro, but, to be but, there for his kids. But listen, while that's all true, and I have this fight with my wife a little bit mm-hmm. sometimes, the flip side is too, and I'm kinda with like Tony and you kinda a little bit on this too. It's like the kids also have to understand it's not all about them. I am gonna be there. I am going to be present. I will read you a story. I'll fucking tell you the truth. You're going to ask me about this thing, racism, you name it. You ask me anything. I'm going to fucking tell you the truth, kid, because I'm trying to help you figure out this life. Mm-hmm. It, ain't that, it ain't easy. At the same time, you got to understand it's an adult's world and you don't know anything. Yeah. And it ain't all about you because I've also seen the other side where like so the 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 dad's away at work and he's busy, right? Autumn. So they feel guilty. And the way the culture's set up right now, it's like all the parents are trying to be the kid's friend. Which is it's okay yeah. up to a point, right? I've but at a certain time the kid the parents don't have any authority. Like you and so then the kids are kinda like uh running everything and they uh-huh. got a lot of shit and then you try to tell them like but and then when they go to start their first job and they they having a hard time and that well okay that's life that's how it is like life is hard that you gotta yeah. learn your systems and work it up they can't they don't have the they're not equipped for that because they were raised in this weird childhood that's a fantasy a disney childhood so like while i so so like me i'm like on the one hand important to me so important to me that I'm gonna put some limits on some of the shit that you think you're gonna do too, because you gotta understand you do have to go to work the way the world is right now. I, I, that to me are two totally different conversations. I understand that 100. percent Right, right. But I feel like far too many times there's this thing about the guy is gonna be like my wife's with him all day long. Right. And I fucking burn the bread. Right. I make the money, you take care of the kids. Right. When I come home, I need to decompress or I'm not going to make it to work and all this nice shit's going to stop. <laughs> right, right, right? right. And they no, justify but- and then the, the kid <sighs> sees the father for a few hours on the weekend. Yeah. No, but when he started talking about that, I was thinking about that song, uh, My Boy was just like me. Yeah. Uh, the, cats yeah, in the yeah, cradle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cats yeah, in yeah. the cradle yeah. in the and you, Yeah. And that's yeah. what I always think about too. You know, when I was growing up, I can just count the handful of times that my dad went to Disneyland or took us to Magic Mountain. And I was like, man, he never was really around. And it was always about being at his shop and working. And my dad raced cars or right. going to the drag strip, watching him race cars. Right. It was like always to his thing. And I was like, well, yeah, you know, you're the parent. So of course, they got to do what you do. You know what I mean? They got to learn from you and you got to find time, you know, to show them, you know, the good side of you. You know what I mean? Cause all they see is the tired guy that's asleep on the sofa. Yeah, yeah, man. And I tell you, bro, like I tried to not do what my dad did and my dad, where there was no us going to the music. There was no us doing what we wanted to do. My dad, when I was with him, it was about we'd go to his buddy's shop or his buddy's thing. And I'd sit there, and just figure out something to do. Why he visit? <laughs> yeah. There was right. not, you know, yeah. and, and that was all. The th- sit on the couch. Yeah, and that was it, bro. So and whatever true. my dad did, that's what I was stuck doing. There was no, what do you want to do? Okay? <laughs> no, it didn't even but, factor into no, it. No, not even. It was like, and that, and you don't buck, and you don't even ask questions. You right. go with what yeah. your parents are. You're lucky exactly. you're alive. Right. And so I would, you know, I, for one, I wanted to participate, coach my son's team. That's so cool. Stuff, but. Huh. 
my wife would tell me all the time. She's like, yeah, you're there, but you're on your phone. You're <sighs> taking business calls. You're constantly on this schedule. Yeah. You're constantly on yeah. this schedule. And I know that there was a lot of times where I was there, but I wasn't there. Right. I, I'm guilty of it, man. I'm guilty of it. You know? Hey, man, listen. And, and in my head, I justified it because I was on the money gains. Right. I want to be able to give my stuff. I want my son to have these private baseball lessons, and I want to be able to get my kids what they want, and I right. want them to have this, but I got to keep on grinding because shit don't come for nothing. Yeah. All this nice shit, you yeah. want it to come to an end? Yeah, I was <laughs> like that. But I figured just my physical body there, but it's like as I'm older now, shut the phone off, man. I can shut yeah. it off and, like, I don't need to talk a whole bunch. I want to hear what you have to say. You know, just listen and just yeah. be there present. And I didn't get to find, I didn't find that out early on. Dude, I my, find that out dude I, I had the same exact thing. Dude, my dad, like, and my dad was an attorney. So we had to go so many fucking boring places. You have no. Boring. Boring. My dad didn't give a fuck if it was boring. <laughs> and dude, let me tell you something. And, and, <clears throat> and, and, so, and it was just me and my dad. So half the time he didn't have a babysitter. No, there's no babysitter. So I got to go with them to these lawyer places. And when I, oh, dude, man. It'd be hours <laughs> just sitting on a couch or hours in the car or hours sitting on some steps, right? In a yeah. lobby. Yeah, in a lobby, just hours trying to fucking. And this, and and, and I had to act, right? There, it wasn't right, like a play. bro, hell yeah. And dude, I would be in these places and dude, do you know what kind of weird shit I would try to get into <laughs> to try to <laughs> occupy my brain? Of course. Dude, I had a game. This is, I would sit there and like, I didn't have any. Would they tell you what a great, how well behaved you are? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's what they tell us. Yeah. And I'd be like, yeah. And then, but I would like look out the window and I'd find a spot on the window. <laughs> this is weird, weird. And I would think to myself, okay, that spot is a targeting device and it's coming out <laughs> there is a giant fucking laser. And anything that I put on that fucking nut, <laughs> I'm blowing it up. <laughs> I was killing people on the yeah, streets, yeah, cutting yeah, buildings yeah, in yeah, half. I was yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude, I, that, that is how I grew up, man. <laughs> that is how. And then you know what? There's like 25% of that I think is good for a kid because you got to learn how to behave. Patience. <laughs> yeah. And you got to get creative. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah, a lot of that. Yeah, there is, there is a part. Listen, it doesn't happen by accident. It yeah, made you who you are. Yeah, no, it's true. But at the time, oh, like, so oh, painful. This motherfucker is so selfish. Hey, you dude, don't ever ask me if I want to go to an amusement park. What do I? What would I like to do? Dude, yeah. you, how? What's the longest you ever spent in the car by yourself as a kid? Three, four hours. Yeah, me too. You Way ever spent Tony? Day. You ever spent time in the car as a kid? I don't think I ever spent that long. Damn. Yeah, maybe two, three hours. No, dude. My I was Waiting. in there. My dad was inside drinking at a tavern. Right. And my I was watching yeah, watching him through drank. the thing. He's playing pool. And I'm like right. in the car, like yeah. just chilling. <laughs> I think my dad went in and fucked some chicks sometimes. It happened too. to me too. Yeah. My dad said, listen, I'm going over to my girlfriend's house. I don't bet you. You just sit down in here and you don't unlock the door for anybody. I don't know what they were doing. I don't know if it was in some bondage shit because it took a lot longer than 15 minutes. Let me well, tell my, you that. But, my, but I can't tell you the amount of times I was somewhere where my dad would be like at a, at like a body shop or something, right? <laughs> and it was like one guy working on the car or two guys and then like 10 guys standing around with beers and everybody's just telling stories and there's like a fucking junkyard dog running around. My dad's finding something to do. <laughs> yeah. And I'd just be for hours, bro. You know, nothing, bro. That. Nothing to fucking. And so maybe somebody else would be like, hey, you want to go watch TV in the office or something like that? I'd be like, yeah. 
<laughs> so yeah, true. Crazy. Dude. Old it, school shit. You know, hey, no, that's what, that's, that was me shit. right there. My dad had a shop right there on Abikini, uh -huh. on, on Abikini in Venice, next <sighs> to Elka Welding. Prime and, real uh, estate. Yeah, he was renting it from, that was before his big Bill's Auto. And uh, same thing, my dad would be there, his friends would get there, and it'd be a Thursday or Friday, I'm 14, 15, wanting to go hang out with the fellas, you right. know what I mean? And next thing, my dad would be like, all he had to do was look at you. Right, you're coming to the shop. <laughs> I need you to come. Oh, I'd you're work at the today. shop. Oh, yeah. you want to drop out of school? Well, you're 14. <laughs> School's for losers anyway. Drop out. Uh -huh. I dropped out. It's five o'clock in the morning. Get up. What are we doing? Oh, you're going to work. Right. Yeah. So I was driving tow truck. I was like four foot eleven or something, maybe eighty pounds, and I'm driving a three car hauler. I got a car on top, a car on back, with a car in the <laughs> That's back. That's great. Yeah. Flat beds, tow trucks. I was driving everything. People would see me jump out there and they're like, God damn, <laughs> you that. And my dad would do the same thing. His friends are there drinking. Hey dad. Right. That's all I had to do is look at your ass. I sit down. Yeah. And it'd be hours. Him and his friends are drinking yeah, <laughs> stories, yeah. and I'm just sitting there. Just you don't see that anymore. Killing man. everybody. Yeah, <laughs> killing yeah, everybody. Right. Yeah, killing. That's uh, the type of shit. Yeah, yeah. You get. You don't see that. You don't see parents that have that kind of authority anymore, no, where they can just bro. look at you and be like, yep. "What? Yep, yep." You, you don't even, even have ask. to say nothing. You don't have to say nothing. And then I would. I tell Chumon all the time. My dad didn't have to tell me anything nothing. twice. No, no, no. one motherfucker. If I tell you twice, that means I'm gonna whoop, whoop your, your ass. ass. Yeah, yep. yeah, yep. yeah, 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 yeah. No, dude, I spent. Listen, I've been in the car where I've even. I was like a kid, so we're like, you know, ten, whatever. And but I'm like in the car, right? So I'm trying to talk myself up, like, hey, I got a lot of buttons. <laughs> I got a sandwich. <laughs> I'm gonna have myself a grand old time. Like I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna entertain myself. God, it'll be, it's a spaceship. I'm flying. That shit lasted about like 20 minutes, and then after that, I was like, man, I've done everything over you can it. do. In, yeah, over it. Absolutely. No, that's what got me into reading. One of my dad's friends would be like, well, you know, they're drinking a lot of beer. There's a whole bunch of guys, so it'd be like, I'm going to the store to get some beer, and they would take me with them and i'd go buy comic books or mad magazine hell yeah to entertain myself you oh know? Dude, if i had a mad magazine that was up <laughs> yeah i will read everything even them little like pictures in the in the fucking margins those yeah. little jokes in the margins I'm stuck right there having Crazy. to listen to all these grown men talk and i'm not interested in their conversation you know what i mean so i gotta <laughs> get me a couple magazines and i'm just sitting there reading i was before everything. video games oh yeah now kids got a phone. You could take them someplace, and they just sit there and play some video games. They oh, now they just have the phone. You just give them the phone. Yeah. yeah. I could sit for two hours, three hours in a car. You give me the phone. I could yeah. watch TV I do. Show. I could do it right now. Yeah. No I problem. No problem. <laughs> Listen, bro, we're, uh, we're rolling here. Um, listen, Tony. We're we're going to wrap it up. Let me. Uh, I want to tell you, man, fun. first off. Yeah. I just. Tony, I gotta have you come back, Tony. We, uh, I gotta have heart you come back. Heart of gold, back. Tony. The heart of gold. Man, dude, we just, I just, I just like having this show, so we can just chop it up, yeah. hang out. Um, <clears throat> you know, as I said before, Tony is <clears throat> a big personality in in the West Los documentary, and uh, classy Massey. Yes, classy Massey. Wow. Classy Massey. And uh, just uh, my brother from another mother. And uh, I appreciate you coming down, man. I know you're busy, bro, and you made the time to come down here yeah, today. Yeah, I appreciate and, it. And too, hang man. out with us Thank and you. give us a little bit of, of the history of the West Side, the real West Side, man. 
And uh, I'm still getting paid, right? Yes, you are. <laughs> oh, Absolutely. yeah. You're, <laughs> you will be duly compensated. <laughs> Very, yes. You're going to get a lot of money I, today. Hey, I really you're going to get exactly what you deserve. No, it's just talking with you guys. We're touching base on all these different subjects, and I can realize and empathize. You know what empathize means? Yes, I do know what yeah. empathize means. Empathy is different than sympathy. I know. Yes. yes. When, I, when we were in prison, that's where I learned that art. My teacher was here, write the meaning down, and I did it. And then after that, I was like, okay, now I know what empathy is and sympathy. Right. Empathize is where you've been in their situation and you can feel their pain. Right. And I hear you guys talking. I'm like, ooh, I remember that having right. to sit there and not move, don't yeah. even look. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and yeah. I can relate to everything you guys are talking about, and it's it's cool. It is cool, thing. man. Good conversation. Yeah, That's how you absolutely. build community, man. Yeah. Yep. And we're going to continue to build this West Side community. You yeah. Know? We're not going to stop. We should have Classy Massey sit in every once in a while when we have another guest, and he can just fucking do his thing and chop it up with I him. like it. Yeah, I like me it. too. No, nah, but even now, when we go to the car functions, all the guys will see me, and because I've been to meetings where there's guys from Santa Monica and West LA and Culver City, and we've sit there and talked, had a beer and everything, just to get to know each other. Now we go to a car function, and they're hey, Tony, what's up? And all the guys are like, damn, you know? And I go, yeah, because I've went over and talked to That's them. Right. That's yeah, right, yeah, you extended your hand. That's exactly yes. right. Let that and wall I, come down. And I try to tell them too, hey, you could be on that same page. All you gotta do is go over there and talk to the man for a few That's minutes. That's right, that's it, man. That's it. That's get it. Get to know him. Yeah, put down all, all that ego, all yeah, that other shit. That's yep. it. You never know. You might be shaking the hand and God might save your life. Or it might be your exactly. cousin. I was just going to say that. Yep. A yep. lot of these people don't know, seriously, when that they they're say related. divided, they, what, you're, that, my, that's my grandfather. Oh, right. your grandfather's it his happens brother. happens all the time, brother. Seriously, it it's does. It's that real intertwined. Yeah. Man. You'll find out he's your cousin. Tony, thank you for coming down, brother. Thank Good you. show. Yeah. Excellent show. Adios for the today from the Hard Luck Show. We'll see you next time. See you next time. See you next time. See you next time. See you next time.